0: We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.
1: You're very welcome to the Woman to Woman Show here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. And don't forget, we are streaming live on www.crkc.ie. And you can also text straight into studio, which is sponsored by Tax fact.com on 086 353 7782 or you can phone us directly and Eileen will be on the phones on 056 77 uh, Well, I would like, first of all, want to thank, as I do every week, Don Devlin for these amazing music that he plays and just reminds me of my youth growing up. So really good, does give me the feel good factor. I would like to say uh, really, really thank you to, I was on the way over here, I was in the Black Blackroy filling station getting my usual cappuccino on my way over and um, I was in the queue and uh, there was this older gentleman and he was using his his card to pay for his products and his, his cup of tea and he was having great difficulty. And even just putting in the numbers and something else and the customer uh, service lady on um, behind the screen was so patient so kind and so helpful and it just really warmed my heart so shelly up there in the black quarry center you know what you give my heart good today and just witnessing that and it was so genuine and natural so fair play to you on this week's uh, lineup we will be talking later on the program to Katrina Redrick. Redrick. She is from the uh, HSE Slainter Care Living Well Programme, and we will be talking about what the Living Well Programme is, and um, how it helps people living with long-term chronic illnesses. We'll also be talking to Kilkenny's, one of Kilkenny's favourite citizens, Miles Kavanagh, and he received an enormous public support for the um, Kilkenny People's Favourite Building and Grace Lines for uh, last night received forty-six percent. So we'll be talking to them a little later on. As many of our listeners here on the Woman to Woman Show know, the Woman to Woman Show has been promoting and highlighting domestic violence uh, uh, nearly on a weekly or a fortnightly basis with um, Amber Women's Refuge and highlighting all the amazing work, campaigns, and fundraising efforts that they do. And one of the things you know which really helped women through domestic violence through COVID was the relaxations of the rent supplement which was one of the last things former Minister uh, for Social Protection Regina Doherty ensured that she did before she left her post and on the line and recent weeks I have to say before uh, I introduce my next guest she has been very very vocal uh, vocal in speaking out against domestic violence and sexual violence and that is the former minister herself, Senator Regina Doherty. Senator Doherty, thank you so much for coming on the Women to Women show today. That's
0: Leah
1: build up. thank you very much for this, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, Senator Doherty, you have been very vocal in recent uh, last uh, months and on all your time since I've been following you in, in women's issues and especially domestic violence. And before, as I said in, in the intro, you introduced the new measures to relax the um, rent supplement for women fleeing domestic violence just before you left.
0: Yeah, um, so I suppose last March there was such an onslaught of impacts of COVID on every part of society that we were trying to address all of the issues that would impact the largest groups. And obviously the, the most obvious ones, in are Oshina, wage um Supports so, and so the pup was introduced. Illness benefit was introduced so that people didn't have to wait the six days. You know anything to stop people from making the decision of having to go to work. Um, and then we got to talking about maternity leave, other impacts, um, societal impacts of people who couldn't go to hospital, and you know other issues, and we tried to address them. But one of I think the most poignant ones was an organisation called Safe Ireland, which I know yes. you're aware of, um, came to me and said that. Um, they expected, and this is awful to think about it, and the reality is true that it has materialised, they expected because of our lockdown um, for domestic and sexual violence uh, complaints to increase, um, but for the women to have nowhere to go because of all of the restrictions that were around our rent supplement, which I suppose under normal circumstances, in for normal people just needing rent supplement to find um, homes would be okay. But given that women in very precarious situations being with their children can't afford to wait for weeks or for months to be Mm. means tested and given that their means are probably wrapped up with their partners anyway we needed to find a very fast uh, and quick solution and different people did come to us, Airbnb were one of them they wanted to help obviously given the collapse of their market and all of the uh, women's organisations such as Women Aid, Safe Ireland, uh, the Rape Crisis Centre, we were trying to put our heads together as to how to find um, a mechanism to help these women when actually The nose was staring at us in our face. We just needed to relax the measures and the criteria for women who were in such distress um, and get access to the necessary accommodation immediately. Um, And the only reason it took us, I suppose, a couple of weeks just to get it over the line was that we needed to find um, a body of people without making it Safe Ireland's responsibility or Women's Aid or Amber Women's Refuge in your neck of the woods. We needed to find somebody that we could arbitrarily use as this is where women need to go and they can come to us and we will give them access. Um, And so we ended up with the Garda Shia So if a woman found herself in a precarious situation, she just needed to pick up the phone or present at the Garda station. um, And the local community welfare officer would kick in immediately and make sure that we got them into overnight accommodation, looked after them for a couple of days until we could get them into more permanent accommodation, and that we would commit to giving them three months rent and whatever deposits they needed up front until we could find a longer term solution or work out what exactly they needed or wanted. And obviously that would be different in relation to each family um but we managed to do it relatively quick in civil service terms to be honest with yes you. um and actually i've got so many letters from the organizations in the last year to tell me how impactful it's been um it it kind of i won't say it gives you a good feeling because I, I wish we didn't need it if you know what i mean but yes. it certainly is something that we were able to cut through red tape that i think under normal circumstances might have taken years um and actually do something that has a real impact so it's it's good but it is awful to see the rise in the numbers of domestic violence cases coercive control cases it's just it's horrendous
1: it is and you know unfortunately it's, it's it's not going to end uh anytime soon
0: no and well you know i've been involved with women's Day for a number of years um quite by accident roisin uh, frances fitzgerald was the Minister for Justice at the time. So this is a good few years yes. ago. And I was a backbench TD. And she was doing their, they do an annual launch every year of their, their report. And she was their guest speaker this year. And I can't remember what happened, but something came up and she couldn't go. And she asked me, would I mind stepping in? And geez, it was an honor. But got I just got sucked in then because you meet real people who've been really adversely affected or families who've lost you know, the ladies in their lives, their daughters, their sisters, their best friends, to femicide. And you really do get sucked in. And it is a curse in our society that we don't normally talk about. Because even even the women who are at the victim or at the centre of it usually make excuses. They hide it. They try and downplay it. They don't even want to tell their closest families and friends. And one good thing, I think, in the last year is that we do have it's become really more acceptable to talk about. So that stigma that women were finding themselves, albeit still an awful situation, they're now more um, open to being able to talk about it because people are more able to receive that conversation instead of hushed tones and corners or whispers, you know, and that has to be a good thing because the more open you are about something and the more you highlight it as an issue then obviously the more problems will be presented with solutions hopefully by people who are in power. So, please God.
1: And that does help, and this has all been facilitated as well, when you think that as you as Minister of Social Protection, you really did put an awful lot of effort in a very very peculiar time and unprecedented time of COVID, and you put this through when when you were sorting out the PUP and making sure that everybody was getting the PUP uh, payment. I think, I won't the PUP was easy, but no. because you, you
0: know, you were faced with such dark reality of Hundreds of thousands of people. So, like the first week that the, the theatres closed down the country, we had 110,000 people present to intrio centres that week. When we were supposed to be staying at home, not gathering in crowded places, you know. So we knew we had to do something. We had to do to do it fast. And our department and um, Pascal donahue's Department Finance sat in a room one evening on a Friday and stayed there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday until we came up with that plan. Now it wasn't perfect, and I know in the beginning people gave out because students were getting full weeks. Hey, and you know they shouldn't have been but we needed to do something fast that was impactful and we did and then actually as the weeks and months went on you could kind of tweak it and you know then there was bands introduced a couple of months later not that it impressed everybody when we did that but you know you could you could tweak it when you had space that, that space in March last year we needed to do something fast and to do it impactful um, and the PUP and the illness benefit were the two most important things that we did, uh, apart from all of the public health advice as to how we could mind ourselves and, and look after ourselves. Um, and I and don't think anybody,
1: Regina, would, would fault you in what you did. I think you did what you had to do to save the country at the time. And it was amazing so, what you did. And it worked. And it's working.
0: I think it definitely contributed to people being able to adhere to the social and the public health guidelines. Because I think you can see now. Like I, I think it's, it, in a weird kind of a way, you look at the differences between the first lockdown, the second lockdown, the third lockdown. People have become weary and fed up. And so and we didn't have that, thankfully, in the first lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do need to keep reinventing ourselves because the virus keeps reinventing ourselves. And we do need to do something definitely to lift Irish people because I fear at the moment everybody is so fed up that that kind of underlying trend in Ireland at the moment is that we know we need to do what we have to do for our good health but gee, we're weary by it and tired of it and we just want a little bit of hope and a little yeah. bit of light at the end of the tunnel
1: you know so well you did give hope to women fleeing from domestic violence and you've been very focal as, uh even as recently uh, the sun uh, uh reported that you were outraged at sex groupers 100 year fine and yeah. that you said that that the light sentences are impacting the crimes from being reported
2: I,
0: I do despair, Russia. and I, there's another um, article in this morning's paper, and I know, as a politician, I'm not supposed to be critical of, you know, the judiciary and there is a separation of powers, and I do respect that. But sometimes it's really, really difficult when you see cases like the one that I wrote up. That, that two women um, in a bar were groped and sexually assaulted by a man who apparently was having a bad day, and so the judge said to him that if he paid them 100 quid, you know, that he wouldn't give him a criminal... Uh, a criminal record, and there's another case this morning with the same judge um, of a lady who was sexually assaulted, and the judge gave this big long speech about how it had a traumatic event uh, impact on her and how awful it was, and all of the things that you would expect him to say, and then told the guy, you know, that, well, I'm going to suspend your sentence for a year, and if you're good, then you won't, it'll, you know, it'll be spent, it'll be, you won't get a criminal and give the lady at the center of the the crime uh, a thousand quid and sure if she doesn't want your money because none why would you want your gropers money or your sexually assaulted money and if she doesn't want it sure the court can give it to charity and i really think those lenient sentences send out a really strong message that the state doesn't take you know sexual violence at every level against a woman or a child or indeed a man seriously and it would make women think twice about having to report it because why would you go to all the trouble of going through a guard investigation, reliving that trauma for a fella to be told he can be charged a hundred quid and off you go. Yes, yeah, it's, I I'm just not impressed.
1: Um. And this is why it's so valuable and important that that, that you Uh, when you think public representatives like yourself, the lawmakers of our land, especially in the Shannon and in the Doyle, that we have women like you speaking out about domestic violence and sexual violence because you know what? Uh, You know, it's just not good enough. The rules.
0: We've found ourselves the shannad is, um, is a, a lot less an adversarial place than the doll is it's, there isn't any posturing or you know there's not there's very little party political you're mm. good i'm bad stuff, yes. right and so it's a much more thoughtful place and people actually work collectively together and genuinely for the last couple of months week in week out um women and men in the shannad have been highlighting inequalities that exist in irish society for women and they aren't just the stark um, you know issues that we talked about whether it's sexual violence uh, whether it's mother and babies you know some of the larger issues and topics that people would talk about but even just the equality of opportunity in education the equality of opportunity in the workplace because whether we like it or not women are still considered the dominant carers you know in the home whether it's for your children or your parents as they get older women are always seen as having the less important jobs or maybe it's because we get paid less And but all of these inequalities still exist and If you don't talk about them they're never going to get addressed and by the same token the more i talk about them and and i see other female colleagues talking about them you see the boys eyes glaze over as if oh god the women are off again like and it's 2021 and we are still such an unequal society that if we don't change it now i think you know i'd be afraid that my great-grandchildren would be still talking about it in the shamisen at all and it's not good enough and so we do still have to keep fighting um, for every opportunity that we can to try and address the inequalities in life, um, because there yeah. still are many.
1: And Regina, you, you mentioned the mother and homes, and that you were very vocal in that as well, and you said the silence from the Commission is intolerable. They need to respond why they destroyed evidence before the Commission work was completed.
0: I fear, Roisin, that they won't. Um, and I also, like I know some of my colleagues uh, in the Labour Party and the Social Democrats, and Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil have all been considering extending the Commission's timeline. It's due to, to uh, close down in the next week or so. Um, and actually, and I know nobody has said this publicly or not yet, I, don't, I actually genuinely don't think I see any benefit in extending the timeline because they're not answering our questions and our queries now. They're still a, a live, active body. We've asked why they destroyed the tapes last July. We've asked how they expect, you know, to... Repair the, the testimonies that are inaccurate in the Commission's report. And we've got nothing. We've got silence. And so I don't think extending the remit or the length of time that they have to sit is going to give us any answers. Um, and I fear that, that they actually would shut shop and go, which would then really leave everything in turmoil. So I have to be honest with you, I don't, and I know I've been critical of him in the last couple of months, which is maybe not fair, but I don't envy the Minister's job. Um, he has certainly been handed an awful... Um, mess to try and sort out and the really awful thing about the last couple of months is that what this was an attempt to do was supposed to bring an end to hurt and to start you know to reparations and and to healing and all we've done is compound hurt on hurt and insulted and divided um, our tens of thousands of survivors um, and nearly attempted to kind of turn them on each other and that's that's probably the worst outcome that anybody could have ever envisaged Um, But it is an absolute mess and it needs to be grabbed by the horns and the repair that needs to be done, as in the um, investigation into the tomb babies uh, and the DNA tracing and the dignified burial that each one of those individual lives needs to be honoured and given. Um, The tracing and the testing legislation for adopted people to get access to their birth records. All of this needs to be done and not at some point... In the future, it needs to be started now. I think to try and reinstill some sense of confidence um, in the women and their children that came forward to give the testimonies that are at the centre of this um, commission and, and the report that was published.
1: Because uh, Regina, like you, I, I on Twitter, because I'm on Twitter, and. Um, I'd be amazed at the amount of high-profile people that there is in our country who uh, were born in the, from the mother and baby homes, whose, whose mothers went into the mother and baby homes. And I think, wow, you know, there's so many people who, who, who have come. The, their background was that and they, they, they spent years looking for their birth mothers and their birth fathers and the, the shame they felt that the, the uh, birth families didn't tell their families or even anyone that they had a child I think uh,
0: so when you listen to the stories of you know the, the recounting of, of survivors experiences it, it can't be but heartbroken yeah. for them and then you try and probably uh, try and understand the thought process behind society and families and the church and institutions at the time and whilst there is definitely blame to be laid among society amongst families there definitely is no getting away from the fact that the cruelty that was endured in institutions can only be borne. The blame can only be borne by the people who ran our institutions. Yes. Because whilst you might classify my family as being cold and hard, because we brought our daughter um, to the, you know, the steps of the nurse or the, the mother and baby's home eight years ago, hundred years ago, whatever like the time it was, but what that family can't be held accountable for is how society forced them to because of the grip the church had on people's mindsets at the time. But what it definitely can't be blamed for is the cruel hands that we dealt those women and their children once they were in the, the, the homes, either the county homes or the mother and baby homes. And so this was an opportunity to not necessarily apportion blame, but to recognize all of the false lines and to start repairing. And Jesus, we didn't do that at all. We told the women that their stories weren't accurate, that their memories were wrong, that you know, that it wasn't... It was your mummy and daddy's fault for putting you there in the first place. It was just awful that the felons who were probably shamed for walking up the street, uh, and we all know that that existed until relatively recently. We know how we treated unmarried mothers, uh, and even actually still today poorly. Um, All of that conundrum is an awful ugly path to look, and this was an opportunity to start a healing process, and by job, if we could ever have mucked it up, we mucked it up well. And the commission, in my mind, has an awful lot to answer for, but I really don't believe they're going to give us the answers and I don't believe extending the legislation um, of their lifetime is going to get those answers for us but we'll have to do other stuff to repair.
1: Well Regina you know I have as a woman as an Irish woman I'm so glad that we do have uh, many public uh, women in public rep- life representing us in the Doyle and the Shannon like you with strong passionate vocal voice to actually speak up for us women and the voiceless.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, it's a it's a pleasure to be able to do it. Um it's an honor, particularly when you talk about such delicate topics um as domestic violence, sexual yes. violence, um our mother and baby home experiences, the night laundries, all of our ugly past. But we need to face these things and to make sure that they never happen again and learn from them and and make sure that our children know, you know, how different times are today. And I know we still have a long way to go, but we have come a long way. So
1: you know the journey that we're on, and you know I'm. I know uh, because uh, Lisa Morris, from Amber, manager of the Amber Women's Refuge, she would love to have come on today with you, but unfortunately she is on two weeks annual leave. And maybe we can get you on and uh, with another panel of women talking about domestic violence in the near future.
0: I'd be i be honoured too, no problem
1: at yeah. all right. and We're I think getting we're a be new yes. yes, we're getting a new studio, Regina, and we'll have three phone lines, so I can't wait. And as soon Great. as we do, we'll talk about this. So you'll be. Uh we have a beautiful new studio next door so it'd be great to actually be able to do that with the free phone lines so i've been looking forward to that so your star is rising that's so <laughs> delighted <to hear> that, <laughs> but regina many many thanks because th- th- we need to get this more out in the open women need to start standing together and supporting women more and be more vocal in the media and in the public domain about domestic violence sexual violence and the mommy and baby homes yeah, i totally agree so
0: anything i can do russian to help just I'll
1: never just call. Oh, I definitely will. You'll be hiding my number from your phone. (laughs) (laughs) Regina uh, Doherty, Senator Regina Doherty, and leader of the House, I must say. Congratulations. Great to see a woman and leader of the House, uh, Senator Doherty. Thank you, Roshan. Thanks for talking to me Thank you very much indeed. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Stay well and stay safe bye Bye. and that was Senator Regina Doherty uh, speaking to us there about the domestic and sexual violence and mother and baby homes we're going to take a commercial break and after that we'll be talking to uh, Katrina Renwick talking about the Living Well and the HSE program stay tuned
0: we are Community
1: Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM are very welcome back to the woman to woman show here on community radio called kenny city just before the break we were talking to senator regina doherty former minister of social protection about domestic violence sexual violence and the modern baby homes now on the line i am speaking something about health and wellness for many people who have chronic illnesses and the last year the hse sloucher care um launched the living well program and um for the rest, that was, I think, I believe, i have starting be corrected by uh Katrina Remrick who is on the phone now, and she's going to tell us all about the Living Well Programme, what it is, who it's for, and what it does, and what it involves. And if you are someone who's living with chronic illness, whether it's from asthma, um, it could be heart problems, it could be arthritis, Katrina, Katrina will run through this. Do stay tuned and listen, and keep notes, because this is a really, really powerful um, program for people who have chronic illnesses. And on the line to tell us all about it is, as I said, Catriona Remrick. Katriona, very welcome back to the Woman to Woman show.
2: Thank you, Rorty, and thanks for having us again to explain about the Living Well program.
1: I hear from many, many people it is going from strength to strength.
2: It is, yeah. We, um, we started back last January as a face-to-face uh, program for anybody with a long-term health condition. With COVID, we quickly converted to online, and it is um, very accessible for anybody who has long-term health conditions. So it's great.
1: And so, what is um, the Living Well program, and who can can um, c- go on to one of the programs?
2: Yeah, so it's a free uh, group program. So it's a, it's a self-management program. So that's where you self-manage, it helps yourself self-manage your long-term health condition. So it gives you the tools. So we go through the tools that help you deal with your your condition at home and gives you a better quality of life, uh, more confidence. It helps you to set goals, make changes in your life, and to achieve these goals, solve problems that may be coming up, manage your medications cope with difficult emotions, low mood and feelings of depression that we all have when we have a condition and communicate well with your family, friends and of course your healthcare team.
1: And you also talk about um, physical activities and exercises as well and food.
2: Yeah, so I can go through exactly what we cover in the week. So what we cover is we go through distraction techniques so that you using your mind to manage your symptoms and what te- techniques can work to help that uh, to, uh, distract you we go through fatigue and get in a good night's sleep so majority of people with a long-term health condition and it doesn't matter what condition you have it's across the board fatigue can be quite an issue with any condition we're going to introduce an action plan so that's where you start making action plans to something that you want to achieve and whether that's something that your healthcare professional teams have been asking you to, that you need to be doing these exercises or you need to be doing these stretches or diet or so on, that it gets you into being able to make an action plan and achieve that goal that you have set out. We go through dealing with difficult emotions, so, um, I think anybody with a long-term health condition or who's been diagnosed with a long-term health condition will go through that phase of dealing with difficult emotions. We go through through physical activity, which is important to every single one of us, not just people, anybody with a long-term health condition. We go through decision making, pain management, and healthy eating. So we go through kind of quite a good bit in healthy eating on how to read food labels and uh, what you need to be looking out for when you are buying certain types of food.
1: I know, cause, yeah, yeah, somebody was once telling me that they were on the program and they didn't realize buying, uh, they bought a, uh, they thought they were doing something really, really well, and they bought a pre uh, a, a pre-pack, ready-made, um, diced uh, butternut squash and they realized it was um, actually more sugar in that than it was if they w- just went and bought one and chopped it up. Yeah,
2: exactly, and and also people I think are quite shocked at how, how high the salt levels mm. are in some of the packaged foods so we go through all that and how to read food labels because they can be quite um, difficult and hard to understand and then we go through the medica- medication management positive thinking we go through dealing with low moods and feelings of depression and then you finish off your six weeks um by making informed treatment decisions and planning for your future so we'll set you off on the right track then to deal with your condition.
1: and the participants also receive a booklet, don't they
2: yeah, so they they receive um, uh, live a healthy life with a chronic condition booklet, and that has that re- that's a, a brilliant reference book that you can always refer back to after the program. So we cover the majority of it in the program, but that book there is for you to go back and re- refer back to it once the program is over to help you keep on track
1: yes and the camaraderie within the participants i hear is just amazing and that the fact too that when they tell us can you tell us uh for for the listeners the participants who sign off everything's virtual and online i'm told that that the you yourself and maybe um kate will also help with the technology and you are online there so if anybody is like me technologically blind, as everybody knows and (laughs) and you know maybe not very technologically savvy that like the living well uh team you stay on the line you help them get get online on zoom and you stay on to help if there's any troubles as well and you're in the background helping everybody to get on to speak and get it on involved in the programme.
2: Yeah, and I think that's extremely important because now that we're online, um, as you say, not everybody is tax tech savvy. I know when we first started the online programme I was having um, nightmares thinking I was never going to be able to do it, not alone run one. <laughs> but we managed and yeah, we are. We're there in the background, we're there helping um all participants get on. So we start with one to one Zoom session. Before we ever start the program, so they're quite happy and comfortable before they start sessions there, session one. And then even throughout session one to session six, so it's a six week program, we will be there about 20 minutes before, before every program. We open up the, the program and we're there. Our phone number is given out. We're there as a phone call. And we, if we feel that somebody's struggling to get on, we we'll give them a call and we'll talk them through how to get up and we'll talk them step by step and get them up in the program. So it doesn't matter how little technology you have, you can get up on these programs. And we even have devices available for anybody who doesn't have a device or internet at home. We have SIM-able devices that have the internet. They're very user-friendly devices. And we can go through step-by-step as a Zoom session, one-to-one Zoom session to get those participants up and going as well.
1: And Katryna, could you just uh, sort of tell our listeners, or maybe remind our listeners, who can apply to go on one of these Living Well courses? Program, sorry,
2: the Living Well program is for anybody. So it's an adult that any adult that is over eighteen years of age that has either is living with one or more long term health condition, and a long term health condition is classed as the condition that's going to last six months or longer. So examples are like this, but not limited to this. So it's any condition. So it's like COPD, asthma, diabetes, heart conditions, stroke, MS, arthritis, cancer, Crohn's disease, chronic pain, depression, anxiety. But it can be any condition. There's a a massive amount of conditions out there. So as long as it's a condition that does last six six months or longer, and and some of even the COVID-related conditions that are ongoing, This program is is exactly for them also. Or second, um, you can also join the program if you're caring for somebody with a long-term health condition. So, carers are also welcome to join the program to help learn self-management tools uh, also.
1: And self-management tools, they are so vital. Because when you give someone self-management tools, it is empowering people with such an amazing quality of life.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's that's what we're, we're constantly working. That's why we, we promote it as a toolbox and we really work through as six weeks um, through a toolbox of tools that will help you just really give you that empowerment to to, to have the confidence to control your disease to the best you can and not let the disease control you.
1: And uh, Catriona, we spoke about uh, the technical support that is available, what other supports are available from the HSE Slanted Care for the Living Well programme for the participants?
2: So, we, as we said, we've had technical res- support availability, which also have uh, the Living Well team are also there for any issues or concerns that you have coming up um, in coming on the programme, about the programme, about your action plans. Um, I myself as the coordinator will give everybody a call after week one to see how they're getting on with their action plans and if they have any issues and I'll go through it with them to try and help them through their action plans just so they get it set up and on the right track quite quickly.
1: Well, this is certainly an amazing uh, programme for people with chronic illnesses or or health conditions because especially now during Covid, you know, there's even more time of anxiety and stress about their conditions.
2: Yeah, definitely, so that's we're there to help and it's, it's also a social side, um, it's a very interactive program and the friendships uh, are, that are made on the program are are a bit, uh, huge, so they are, it's a really nice program. I've often had participants that felt that when they came on the program they didn't realize that like, they might have a very unusual or condition that's not well known or not, uh, not many people have it and felt very alone with it, but found that when they went on to a group with multiple conditions. That the symptoms are all very alike, and that they weren't actually alone, and they felt that that really, really felt them.
1: Ah, uh, well, Katriana C- will you keep us updated of and any more courses coming up that people could sign on to go on the courses?
2: Yep. So we have a variety of courses. We are delivering thirty alone in the in the southeast, and and if we don't have a, a day or a, a time slot that suits, we have the we link in with our colleagues in the other CHOs, or so the other counties around Ireland and we can get them in another slot. We have morning slots, we have afternoon slots, we have evening slots, and we even have Saturday morning slots. So we have plenty to suit everybody.
1: And can you tell us who facilitates, you are a facilitator and a coordinator of the course, but who facilitates the courses? So
2: we have, we have, trained facilitators trained up to deliver the program and yes i am one of them but we have plenty more so we have healthcare professionals trained to deliver the program but you'll always always there's two facilitators per program one will always be somebody who's living with a long-term health condition because we really feel that they're the expert in living with a long-term health condition and can give more to the group than than any of us
1: well, Catriona Remick, will you keep us updated of any courses or anything there that you would like uh, Community Radio Kilkenny City to highlight or publicise for you?
2: Brilliant, yeah. And uh, I can give out my contact information also for so anybody that is interested. We do have a website, so it's www.hse.ie slash livingwell. But we also have the contact number, so you can give myself a ring on 87 293 9881
1: And Katrina, could you just repeat that again in case somebody was writing it down because if it's me, I'd be lost. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. always like, yeah, so just do yep. that again, so that'd be great.
2: So my contact number is 087 293 9881 and as I said the website address is www.hsc
1: slash living well. Well, Katrina Remrick from the uh, HSC Slouchy Care Living Well Program. Thank you so much, indeed, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Brilliant, thanks for meeting thank us and you so for much. having us on. Brilliant. Stay well and stay safe.
2: You too, thank okay,
1: you. Bye. bye And that was Katrina remerick And remember, if you are living with a chronic uh, illness or. Uh, or condition, please do get in touch. For, uh, from asthma to uh, arthritis to heart disease to to um, all sorts of chronic illnesses. It is an amazing program. I hear. We're going to go for a short commercial break, but do stay tuned because we are going to have one of Kilkenny's favourite citizens, and that is Miles Cabne on the phone. Because he is going, so delighted about the popular response that he has got from the people of Kilkenny for the Kilkenny people's favourite um, building and by popular demand for the people has last night when I checked uh, Grace Lines had 46% from the people so we'll be talking to Miles straight after the break so do stay tuned.
0: We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.
1: Community
3: Radio, Kilkenny City, keeping you company on 88.7 FM.
1: And uh, we are also delighted here on the Woman to Woman show to announce that we have um, five amazing prizes to give out for the next five working days from today, tomorrow and Friday and next Monday and Tuesday. And that is amazing prizes from Dr. Hushka skincare island many of our listeners will know that they are regular uh, featured uh, guests on the woman to woman show and um, we we are, who are given listeners the chance to win five Dr. Hushka Hand Care Goodie Bags, the perfect pampering treat for hard-working hands this spring, or just for many women who just like to look after their hands. Including in these goodie bags is Dr. Hushka's Hydrating Hand Cream and Dr. Hushka's Neem Nail Oil Pen. To be in with the chance of winning this great prize, simply text 086 to tell us why you or someone you know deserves to receive a Dr. Hushka hand pampering goodie bag this February, and the uh, winners will be announced on the show. And also, the fact you know maybe you're just like the L'Oreal lad because you're worth it. So again, what you do is text into the textback.com uh, sponsored text machine and that is 0863537782 with your name, your address and uh, your number and why you deserve to receive this wonderful uh, package because simply you're worth it maybe. Now on the um, line I am delighted to say we have a very very good news story. Now it's not a good news as yet but even just the thought of what's happened over the last week with the people of Kilkenny have got behind Miles Kavner and his Gracelands to actually try uh, with the uh, response of the poll to get Gracelands as one of Kilkenny's favorite buildings and on the line to tell us about it is Myles Kavner. Myles, you're very welcome to the Woman to Woman show. Good evening,
3: Roisin. How are you? I'm good.
1: <laughs> well oh, i'm delighted you. oh
3: god it's an honor to be on your show an honor pure honor
1: well, it's an honor to have you on because you're oh, you're god. one of our best texas and and uh, one of our really um very very um really valued listeners here on community I radio to
3: god. i even have a little speaker outside and every day at the minute i get up it's turned on I never can hear Community Radio
1: Kilkenny, how on the street is so funny. <laughs> well, so we're delighted to have you as yeah. one of our listeners and you know, such a, and a really, really um, s- strong advocate for Community Radio Kilkenny City as well. Thank you. Myles, tell us all about your, oh. what, you're overwhelmed with the response from people of Kilkenny. i I'll
3: tell you something, I'm in tears, I'm not sure, and I absolutely indebted to the people of this town, indebted, I absolutely love every single person that walks of Kilkenny. One morning we were sitting down with Seth Mary having a cup of tea and her breakfast and we were reading the Kenny people and fair play to the Kenny people, absolutely delighted. They actually, you know, got me in there and the people got me in there. But Mary said, wouldn't it be very funny if someone nominated Graceland? <laughs> and I said, hey, do like, you know, you're up against the castle, the tower, the famous building in Kenny." And no uh, and behold, I think it was our own KB or Mark or yes. someone there came on and said, hey, listen you know, nominated Graceland has been nominated. Wow. And then all the votes start piping in on Facebook. I know I voted, I voted. Then we had Rue came in, Rue was a grateful talk for her Kinkenny and Thomas Jackman, him and Teresa Welch, Frank, my own brother, who was, was supervisor King Kenny Castle for years and adored the castle. And Melissa down there, Melissa wonderful tailor in Oswald Park, you know, and, and Johnny and all the family and Mary said this is this is overwhelming. I can't believe it. I just can't believe this is actually happening. That a, a, a little bungalow in, in, in Thomas's Square with the Statue of Elvis and Nevis that you, you know, and us doing it up every year for the All Ireland, lighting it up at Christmas could could be in the role for the Kenny's favourite building. I swear to God, it's 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 a dream come true now. That's what it is
1: and oh you, you know you've just been so excited and it must be so heartwarming to know that you know kenny people just love um grace Lounge. and i know myself if i got any visitors down i do take them up and show them your house
3: oh god roisin i'm not I'm, I'm not sure the amount of people that i swear to god in this town even now today i was going down the town and the woman said i'm looking forward to you tonight under roisin you're on roisin that's right and congratulations you've done it, you done it, you get it, you get the top fabled building, oh my God, you get it. And I was overwhelmed, I swear to God. I, we even had a Japanese TV crew up there a couple of years ago, and they come up to film in the house, we had Americans, we had Germany, we had French. I even have a letter gone off to, to the President, asking them, inviting them to Kikini. So, you know, it's. it's and, uh, I would you believe that I actually have, I took down the American flags, put up the Kikini flags, uh, because uh, for the ad for Littlewoods and things like that, and the All-Ireland, Then you know, but... Please God, now, I, I if if I do get it I'll i be just and I'm absolutely indebted to the people. You know, the people that nominated me, the people came on and voted every single day. You know, the, could be, I could be here for the next ten days mentioning names on the radio. I swear to God, I'm going to read Kenny. And all I say is on the bottom of my heart from myself and Mary, I swear to God we are absolutely indebted to you all, every single one of you in this town. And if I won the Euro millions, I'd make sure every single person that bought me got something. I mean it. It wouldn't be much, but by God, I'd give them something.
1: You know what, Miles? You just brighten the day sometimes here in Kilkenny. And we're getting text messages in. One is from Tony Coy. He says, Miles is a bright light in a time of darkness. To the people oh of God. Kilkenny, love him.
3: Oh, God. I'll tell you something. Look, I'm sorry. Tell huh? I talk about it for that. sorry sorry Russian
1: okay, no, it, means, it means
3: so much it's, I'm not joking it does see you know just a little house with a couple of, with a touch of the king she was like you know people like Tony coming in and, and texting me oh she's it's, it's, it's uh, I, I can't describe what's like I swear to God people yeah. you know neighbours and friends coming in and wishing me luck and Mary beside me, keeping me going, like, you know, it's it's, 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 it's a dream, I swear to God, a dream, Rosie. I'm not joking, it's a dream.
1: And our very own colleague, Joseph Byrne, who, who presents two very, very popular country yes. music shows on a Sunday and a Monday night, he's texting to say, oh, great God. to have Myles on this radio, Rosie."
3: Oh, Joe, Joe, it's a gem, Joe's grandmother, Lord of Mercy, and Mary's father, her brother and sister. Right. So it's a gem, yeah, a pure gem. I swear to God, I love him on the Sunday Monday night. I love him. You know, I swear to God, I just minutes we get up as a fact, bang on. You know, Don and Martin Morris. You know, KB coming on. Then you know, Jer Donovan. The whole lot. You know, it's, every one of them comes on, anne Marie then comes on. You know, it's 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 great banter, like you know, and and you can ring up and say, Hey, lads, blah blah blah, go. And next minute, you know, it's it's just you know, John Burke at the country show. It's just. Uh, the names are endless. I swear to God. And you're a great team over there, a great team. And you have unbelievable listenership. Unbelievable. That's a fact. Unbelievable. Now, it's wonderful.
1: So, I'm Miles, so you're fine. You know, and you know, I, I'm sure that um, uh, it's great that we have a new editor of the Kilkenny People, and that yes, is, Sam is the
3: yes, the Sam. Dose. I remember Sam. He came up to the house for me, unveiled the statue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did he?
3: He was only a little toy, a little boy. It <laughs> he did. He done P. I. He's an amazing guy. He's wonderful now. And no matter where you meet Sammy Larmastob, I was going there. Right, you You need that. You know, he's a real down to work You know, goodness guy that you would just love to run over and give him a hug. He's the kind of a guy he is. You know, that's a fact. He's amazing. Kind of a and accredited to this town, a credit to him. He's like my old brother Frank in the castle. Frank would do anything for you. Frank, you know, Frank was. The, the head man and supervisor for years, he was called manager. He was Mr. Mr. Kikenny, if you want to know about Kikenny, Frank Kavanagh knows it, and that's it. And is he? He knows it, you
1: know. Yes, because I it. actually um, contacted Frank the other day because I knew Frank cause, um, and uh, I asked him to help out uh, the one million... Uh, one Million Stars project, and um, yes. he he I, he just was saying, yes, Roush, and i have be more than delighted to speak to the, to the ladies of oh, the right one on. I one stars project.
3: Want the to write a book on ghosts in the
1: castle. Really? That's,
3: oh, yeah. Oh, we should get that, him that on talking so, about that. He could come on Sunday, and I tell you something, Halloween, he would scare the living day, I tell you. What he's seen in that castle is unbelievable. It's unreal. That's a fact. I could never understand why RT or BBC or UTV or Virgin Media didn't do a documentary or a ghost hunter didn't go in and bring in Frank because that man knows what Matt Dan has done for Dick Henning it's unbelievable you know he brings up Germans and French and Americans up to the house and we have the bike tours His Leeds comes up and Jason Morrissey comes up but please God like after lockdown we will you know you know. And
1: I would love to spend a the night then in the castle, a weekend in the castle, oh, in oh, the night time. I'd
3: give anything to spend. I, w- I wouldn't do it for any money, because Frank did it, I, I think, but Frank, Frank, he was slipping off this all. I couldn't understand it. My God, it's a shock, and I don't know how he does, he's an amazing guy, an amazing brother, that's all he is. I have six great brothers and three great sisters, and one, Sister Helen, So, Berkeley on Friday, and sure... And then I have the little lad at home, my grandchild Presley. He's called Presley. He's
1: called Presley. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we are on there with Dahi and Mara there one year. They came up to the house and filmed the house. And then we had Dustin. Dustin, the, the turkey. But, yes, Dustin, the turkey came up. And what happened was all the people in the bus, they all, what they did was, they all dressed up their children as little Elvis. <laughs> and they had a machine, the knives the machine going, and all the kids had to come out the door. Elvis, and they had kind, of, kind of like, there's an Elvis factory in Thomas Square, and he makes little Elvises. and every little kid, all the mums and dads in the bus, now fair play to him, and all around, all the neighbours, there's a couple of kids, blank pants, and white shirts, and glasses, and they all come out, that was very, very funny, very funny, yeah, it's very, very funny.
1: Well, we have another text in for you, Miles, it says, uh, from Ray Clear, he says, Roisin, great to hear Miles on the radio, and he said he's a former radio presenter. And so you know the people of Co. just okay. really love you, Mike. And I'd love,
3: I'd love Ray back on the radio again. I'd love Ray's a lovely voice, and he is Ray has the amount of stuff he has is unreal. That man, that man is he's a walking like, encyclopedia of of pop. <laughs> you, you could ask him anything at any time, and he, Ray has a, a a photographic memory. He can tell you who died, who was dead, what pop, pop singer had number one in the chart, and he's just amazing for them.
1: Well, Miles, before we go, we've got like t- uh, less than a minute left. I'm yes, yes. curious to know how long has your has Grace Lines up at your house up there in the box, been oh, Grace Lines, and what inspired you to do that? Well, I
3: tell you, I used to be always dressed up. at the King. I used to play with the Chapel Art Musters, a great, great singer of mine, Lord, Donald Walter Halliday, a great guy in the town, one of the one of the legends and the let you make hard. we used to play, but, and we used to always have an Elvis night, and so, then I just said to the wife one day, I said, I ain't going to get an Elvis statue, we went to Graceland ourselves, and we I actually think Elvis is still alive, be honest with you, I actually do, I actually think it's the biggest mystery of the century, that he never died at all, he's still alive, and he's hiding somewhere, that's, I often, you know, people said, no, you couldn't be wrong, but, you know, I often think it But that's what we said, and we said to ourselves, we, and we got a statue then, and, and, I mean, at the time Kelly's Corn was open next door, and all the neighbors came in. And then we had to kick any people unveil the statue. Martin Brett, our mayor at the time, came down unveiled it. And then uh, people come up and start giving me Elvis memorabilia, and they start listing, they start going and going and going and going and going. And then I start putting on the suit and jumping. I wouldn't be a great singer now, but I give it a shot, like you know. And
1: what's your <laughs> favorite Elvis song?
3: I love the gospel songs. I love the gospel songs. I love. And everything, Suspicious Minds, I love it because it's a faster they can do the moves and recording, I can't walk out, you know. And it's great, like, you know. I mean, it's amazing because, I mean, Elvis was the king. I mean, and now that Graceland, you know, if I get a letter back from the President of America, I guarantee you, I'll be the first to bring it
1: over to Redrick and get it. Do, definitely. Unreal, Unfortunately, Unfortunately Miles, we're running out of time, but I can't Thanks. wait to, to hear, who, to hear who, the, who the people's choice is. Well, and the, God, is
3: if Graceland the, wins, there'll be a big party in Graceland, I swear to God, and the champagne. I go down and borrow a few pounds of the clinic. <laughs> and I thank, from the bottom of my heart, I thank every single person. Thank you very much. I swear to God. Thank you so much to all the people who nominated me, all the people who voted for Graceland. I will never forget you as long as I live. And on on that that note... we you for getting so upset.
1: You're more than welcome. On that note, we'll we'll wish you well and say goodbye.
3: God bless you, Roisin. Thanks a million. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Bye.
3: You're welcome. Bye.
0: We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.